super listeners. This is the Super Friend Super Show, here to talk to you about superhero movie news, comic books, and things relating to those things on Things Street. This is Sean Dwyer as I live and breathe. Sean Brennan. Welcome back, Sean. How are you? How have you been? Oh, I'm good. How have you been? I mean... Let me answer some of those questions yes. even before I get to answering them. Which questions? Ones I posed right in the introduction? You, no, no, no. no. Uh, uh, most you, of them were, were rhetorical. Yeah. yeah. You're wet. I'll accept them answer. You're wet because it's been raining. Yes. Uh, we've hooked up the sprinkler system to put yes. out some of those, you know, those bonfires we keep having mysteriously. That's right. So uh, you're a little wet because I am a little wet because those bonfires don't put themselves out. Some of those magical flames of Eternia are yeah. still burning bright. Um, so... You can tell a good Eternia flame if it is green, therefore uh, is that what it is? immune to sprinkler Mine's still systems. purple. Well, you oh. uh, apparently, that's 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 a mixture you learn in, in science class. Not to, If you get a purple flame, you got yourself a purple fury. Sean Dwyer, Sean Brennan, and back again, 167, here to talk to you about those things I just mentioned. God, I feel like we've been away for a while because we were just recording Ots and Knots with Adam yeah. Patterson, which is still to be released, issue number two, the continuation that of was Maximum a, Security. That was tough. That was tough. That was a tough read. It was, it was, through. It was like the the tough enough? Yes. Or what is it? Just tough? Tough enough. T- yeah. or, I don't know. No, no, no. For the comics, there's no dialogue. It's just like, t- it's like apostrophe, T-U-F-F. Tough enough. Tough, some, tough something. We're working on it. We're working on it here. Or no, it, that's enough said. Enough said, yeah. That's enough said. That's I'm right. thinking tough. Thankfully, this is only a three-issue oh, series, Maximum Security. So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking, of, of course, about our, our our tangent variant series that comes out on this. If you subscribe to the Super Friends Super Show on Twitter, that also comes out on this uh, subscription feed. Odds and knots, uh, we're going to be... Releasing issue two very shortly, and again, we are going through the aughts period and reviewing big comic book events from those periods, and the first one we focused on, it's a three-issue series from Maximum Security, and issue two is a doozy. One was very palpable. It was was weird, but it it had a lot, there was a lot going on in issue number one that could draw you in, and I can see why that's number one, but when you followed that up with that number two, whew. So we're going to be talking about comic book movie news and uh, events and things that are occurring right now as as we as we currently exist in, in this in this plane. Uh, right now we're going to be hitting the news, and then after that we're going to be talking about comics again and kind of taking it to the the present day with what comic book events look like today. We're going to be talking about DC, Marvel, both are doing their their summer refresh. They both have number one issues for Justice League yep. and Avengers number one, and yep. we read them both. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if you read Avengers number two. Event, they've released two issues for Avengers over at Marvel yeah, and I, only I think one for I, DC. I'm pretty sure I, I've read it because yeah. the new Avengers has Ghost Rider and She-Hulk and Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and I... Maybe Doctor Strange. I could be missing someone. So once we finish the news, the things that uh, we are going to keep you up to up to speed on, catch you up. We've been away for a little while, so we have a lot to cover. We're going to then go to those comic book reviews to let you know what uh, what you should be reading this summer, and or if you should be maybe going outside, getting a breath of air, Ooh. breath of fresh air, right in the old lungs, right? Uh, just right in the old lungs. That's right. Those those hot, cool summer nights, just warming up next to a purple fire, just warming your old hands. Yeah. Remember, purple does, is not water resistant. Green. Green. Green water is resistant. the one you take to the beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first bit of news, the thing that has been rocking the internet, and unfortunately, we're probably getting more than we are probably due on this, is Wonder Woman 2. Patty Jenkins, the female director who did a bang-up job on the original. Yeah. For the most part, 
Everyone loved it. It got like 80-something, 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It was made the, like a billion dollars. It was the most solid movie DC has put out yes, within the last decade. By far, by far. By far. And they are finally getting to work on shooting number two, and they are kind of branding this one in the 80s, uh, trying to go with, with a marketing campaign that is akin to kind of Wonder Woman's 80s persona going with Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. And that was essentially the first kind of glimpse of this film that we got. It said Wonder Woman 84. It is Wonder Woman with the camera behind her as she's looking at a number of monitors, kind of observing what's happening in the 80s on different screens, events in the 80s. And what do you take away from that, Sean? What is Wonder Woman? What is she? What is she feeling there? What is she observing? What is the purpose for this shot? I mean, it really feels more like she's being brought in. It kind of feels, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like she's being brought into some sort of shield-like building gotcha. where it's okay. like this, it's like this is what's going on in the world. This is what's happening. Right. I mean, again, the way she interacts with the '80s mm-hmm. is still unknown because no other story has gone so far back for DC. So the first movie was World War II. Now we've jumped ahead, and now we're in the '80s. And every movie so far has taken either a chunk of space mm-hmm. in the present or even gone a little bit to those to like a weird future. That's right. We haven't the farthest we've gone back to this point, with the exception of Wonder Woman taking place in the World War era, is two thousand thirteen, going all the way back to two thousand thirteen with Man of Steel. Yeah. That's as far as we've seen in this in this lived in universe, if that is to be believed. Is things have happened. The only issue is with Wonder Woman eighty four. It creates sort of an issue. She she wears a flashy suit, and if people are just learning of Wonder Woman in present day, and she was running around in the eighties in a very, uh, I guess she got her her costume more bronze back here. You've seen early shots of what her costume looks like it, it is less muted her colors are more vibrant it's weird it, it is it's a very specific stylistic change right. that they did i don't know if that's going to be like a quick suit change out if that's yeah. just going to be something where it's a little throwaway gag where it's here's your new suit yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hip it's kind of now well it's this it is the same suit it's just a, it's a lot more vibrant the it's a it's kind of has a, a metal nest to it as yeah. far as uh, what it's made up of and it looks less worn. Uh, it looks like it's she's getting the maintenance done. She's getting uh, the she's getting it degreased, similar to the to the Tin Man. Uh, everything looks it is a metalish type of uh, garment, but it looks the colors look more new. Where the, the more recent versions we've seen of Wonder Woman uh, as she was in Justice League, and when they cut to present day, I think in her movie, her suit was you could still see faint glimpse you can kind of get a, a faint impression of what the the initial color was of her yeah. tunic harness thingy that she wears but it wasn't vibrant reds vibrant blues they were kind of wa- worn out very Zack Snyder-esque I mean I guess what I'm most curious about is how this timeline plays specifically in this universe because right. in the comics because Wonder Woman came after Batman and Superman there was never talk of what she was doing from World War II on. It, th- right. th- there was never a talk of, here's a super powerful woman to inspire mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. There was never talk of a very strong woman ever right. w- w- in, bat- in any sort of battle. So it, I'm curious to see how they do a juxtaposition. Well, the, you can clearly tell that 
there was no planning or forethought that went into this connected universe as far as, okay, the first thing that the world is seeing as far as anyone with superpowers is Superman. Exactly. Nothing has existed before, and they really kind of wrote themselves into a corner because they then went ahead, of course, in Wonder Woman and introduced Wonder Woman, who is fighting in World War One era, and the idea that no one's heard of her, especially now in this movie, I guess you're going to have to sort of was do a Men in Black, World War One and World War Two. Okay. And the the idea that you're gonna have to do like a Men in Black style, like just forget everything that the DC extended universe has told you, and j- the only things that that reside in continuity going forward, I guess, is Wonder Woman one. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just pretend that that is the only DC extended universe movie that has ever taken place. Not even Justice League. Let's just, ju- this is a fresh new start for the universe. This is the DC extended universe's version of Iron Man. Just pretend like this yeah. is Iron Man 2, nothing else. Because they had a bomb with the incredible Hulk movie in the MCU to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just sort of washed that one away. They recast. Yeah. They don't talk about no, the no Hulk one. Movie. No one talks about Eric Bana or even. Right. That handsome. Oh, that wasn't even Eric Bana. That was uh, Edward Norton. Oh, right, right. Edward Norton was We're the n- second we, one. That, yeah. You're referring to the one that shall not be named. Yeah, I'm referring all. I'm I'm going back. Right. That going that back. goes back to the Ots, which is as we've learned already from the short stint of Ots and Knots, our our tangent side series. Do not revisit the Ots. No, they look like a glowy period. Oh, the internet existed back here. <laughs> Things were probably still modern and fun. No, do not go. It was a very experimental period in comics. Everything was extreme. Movies. Everything was extreme. They were trying things. They still thought in order to make a comic book movie, you had to like make it look like a comic, like panels, yeah, things. It was just no one knew how to make a comic book movie. But I digress. So it's you have from my take away from what we've seen so far as far as Wonder Woman 84 she's being brought in for the Cold War and that which is which makes no sense either so you have conflict. a well you have a person who's who's a superhero for DC mm-hmm. so it's not as if she has any mind games it's not as if she's an international spy she doesn't right. have any she of those sort of things she runs into the fight she, she literally <laughs> runs head first and smashes yeah. she's she's a hulk she's essentially a, yeah she's a hulk who takes care of herself yeah that that's it a lot of conditioning a lot, lot of, of conditioning, conditioning. And the, I could buy that in the first Wonder, Wonder Woman movie when she walked across No Man's Land yeah. in that in that pivotal, pivotal scene that cam, they didn't have, like, a paparazzi no, no. taking pictures of her, that you're just maybe hearing stories that are passed down from Yeah, th- war, exactly, exactly. And know. that's never, that's that has to be one of the trickiest things. And you even still have Steve Trevor, who's still right. alive. So you have all these characters who have seen... Well, that's a great question. That's a great... Steve Trevor. We'll get to him in, in just a second. Yeah. But you have all these characters who have seen this. Like, right. no one no one thought to write a book. No one thought right. to make an off an off-the-cuff comment about... Do you guys remember that woman who just walked into a hail of fire and came out unscathed? That's one of those stories where you just have these war-weary soldiers who are maybe just they 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 imagined it or they're just or they're just the the haze and smoke yeah. they saw yeah. maybe a figure. But in '84, cameras exist. <laughs> cameras if, do exist. If Wonder Woman is running down the street just deflecting things and swatting at Nazi or Soviet Soviets. Sovies? Sovies. It is now. It is now. People are going to get that on camera. Yeah. No. Again, that's the one so thing. they're it's, really, they, they put themselves into a corner. Right yeah. There. It doesn't, it, it honestly doesn't make any sense looking at that specific character mm-hmm. through a current lens where 
no one seems to ever have talked to her. No one seems to have like a deep past of her in the U.S. Like not even modern comics have that, as far as right. I can tell, is that they don't have a deep lure, deep lore. Uh, yeah, of, of her in there. Like what she was doing from 1960s until she was introduced in like the 60s or 40s yeah. or so. Actually, yeah, what yeah. she did during that that intervening intervening period where she was introduced in like the the war era. But yeah. from there until like the 2000s, what was she doing? Oh, I so again, they could throw out I don't know everything as far as continuity, as far as what we've learned in the DC extended no. universe. They have and to just, rebuild, and just, they're just because that's that's a smart play going forward. I think you're going to have to recast. Event the, the rumors coming out is that they're definitely going down the path of recasting Sp- recasting Batman. You have Flashpoint rumored i guess they've started Still, filming at this who point knows? And i you mean you could rewrite a lot of you can do time travel and and kind of flush all of this clean and you, start a brand new continuity with the way that you want to tell this story in this yeah. world you that gives you the opportunity to I do think, that i think i think wonder woman 2 and then aquaman and then flashpoint yeah. i believe aquaman that's your also no, yeah that's right i believe that's, that's your right. i think that's the best way and shazam is reset. right in there yeah Shazam's, shazam is somewhere in there they've already filmed i think they've already filmed yeah i fla- uh, shazam at this point yeah so i don't I, I honestly don't know if they need to do flashpoint i think people just keep saying it because someone keeps saying it someone at keeps saying it someone's just like hey, flashpoint and everyone's like oh oh right thanks dan flashpoint. anytime they fire a director you have to talk about flashpoint because now you have to talk about okay so clearly they're rehiring a new director that's still happening right so uh. 84 wonder woman 84 doesn't look look like her style is very well that's that's not exactly true. The style of her Wonder Woman character, her hair it's is not teased the, yeah. out. It's pretty much the same yeah, as we, as we yeah. know it. But they also, we have some shots of people that people have taken on set. I don't know if they were leaked or if they were actually just someone just taking pictures of them filming. You have Diana Prince and her civvies, 80s gear, looking very pleated pants. And then you have a character... And then we'll move on from this because, you know, we've only seen some some basic information Bits so far. Bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. So there isn't really, there's a, a lot of speculation. You have a, you have Steve Pine who played, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Pine who played Steve Trevor yeah. in the first one. And he died at the end. Yeah. So you have to assume that maybe this is his son. He's playing his son. I, either a son what is happening. or in the sense that maybe this is a ghost. Maybe it's mm. one of those times where. With a fanny pack. He is wearing a fanny pack in this. Yeah. Chris, Chris Pine. You know what? Maybe saying a ghost doesn't work, actually. <laughs> Maybe saying that is just me He's trying to stupid. blend in. I'm just a ghost who just wants to blend in. He just wants to blend um, in. You keep all your ghost currency right in the fanny pack. If fanny packs were fashionable, you, I would wear them. I never have enough pocket space. Although no, no, I'm, no one never does. Although I found out that I have no right to complain about pocket space. Have you ever seen a pair of girls' pants? Yeah, I've, I've, I've. You're wearing one right now. Yeah, yes. I, I've done it and inside your regular jet. You, you so, have your girls' pants and then your regular man's pants on yeah, top. Two well, layers. because the female pants are really yeah. just like sweatpants to me. Yes. Like they're like leggings. They're there's nothing there. There's there's no ability. I mean, maybe some back pockets, but there never are true made up, pockets. There are fake pockets, and the the actual pockets you could only maybe in any my female fist. pants. Maybe my fist. No, I, well, sure, maybe your fist. Um, just like a little lip gloss. Yeah, that's all it's made uh, for. Yeah, that's so. That's it. It's very sad. What so, else are they carrying, Mister Dwyer? How did we get here? Um, just you know, <laughs> we got here by fanny pack. Just fanny hard pack work junction, and just trying to. You know, just a, a chisel to, to shatter that, that glass ceiling. 
is my answer to it's that question. It's thick. It's a thick sheet it of glass, a and lot especially of sh- in 84. Girls are going to need a lot of chisels. Good luck. I think that's great. Great. That's But this movie um, obviously takes place in 1984, not as yeah. progressive of an era. So a lot of speculation there. They've had to throw people away off set because people are taking pictures. Uh, there is a video circulating online that shows Gal Gadot, Gadot, whatever her name is, running, sprinting down a street, a war kind of like uh, torn street in her Wonder Woman gear. Just she can run. I mean, I think that that's her job. Like mm, like running. Terry Crews, yeah. he runs he 4 runs miles for a, a day. No, yeah. he runs 4 miles Does a day really? as part of his workout. So did my grandpa. He walked it though because the man was sensible and had knees. He, I, I was told he he played semi-pro football so those knees, I'm sure. Oh, from oh they were that, shattered probably. All shattered as you would back in those days. Those those knees aren't what they used to. But yes, indeed, um, this is something we're going to keep an eye on. This is the the, the soul, the bastion, the shining bastion of the DC extended yeah, universe. Yeah, if, if this doesn't go well, Forget I mean, it. yeah, th- there's, you got Aquaman and Shazam. Shazam's yeah. like a funny comedy that you can make a few bucks off of. Right. Aquaman, right. So Aquaman, obviously, that comes out this October, I believe. We've seen some promo work from it we've seen the the official or near official logo for it i've seen a few set photos but i've i've seen hide nor hair of an actual logo or talks of what could be in a trailer it's all just set photos i think is coming it's all just it's all just photos san diego comic-con is that that's that's right around the corner we'll probably see some more over at San Diego Comic-Con from Aquaman. You have to. It's The movie's coming out, like, in October, so I hope so. So, the, the lot, there's still hope for the DC extended universe. I don't think there is. I think they should just stop. The next bit of news, Sean Brennan, you, obviously, this should be our biggest story, but because things are slow moving with it. Yeah. It is, it is a bigger story, but it's one of those slow-developing ones, similar to when Marvel was trying to acquire... Spider-Man back from Sony, and remember how long it took for that that story to play out until yeah. they finally had some type of. It sounded like they were just going to get full rights, and then they got like partial rights for Spider-Man and mm-hmm. Sony Pictures. Well, this is similar to that. It sounded less reported, I believe. You had Marvel, the MCU, Disney making a full-on bid, and it seemed like it was a done deal with Fox Studios. It only made for sense. Fox Studios and everything they own, and that means Hulu, Fox Studios, everything, the yeah. whole shebang. Yeah. Well. What's happened, Sean Brennan? Well, so it seems as if there's a little bit of a fight going on. Yes. So there's a bid by, was it Viacom? No, Comcast. Comcast. I'm sorry. I apologize. I laid the ball right up and you just... You did. You did. You know what? <laughs> this, is why, layup. this is why I was never good at sports. And you jumped up and you were checking your I'm wrist like, ah. for scores. <laughs> ah. So, so you, the ball. So you got Disney and you got Comcast trying yeah. to go for Fox. Um... It seems that Comcast wants it because Hulu yes. had a revenue of over two billion last year, and <laughs> they're like, "Hold on, yeah, no, two, no, I just heard it." Yeah. Um. So, so they seem to be able to want to have that because they are traditionally um, TV, and right. they don't own, as far as I know, any true platform in the digital world. Hmm. So what they want to do? Word for it. I mean, it, they don't really own anything. It's, yeah. Comcast doesn't have a streaming all website. All their money's in Bitcoin. It's just all theoretical oh, it's all in Bitcoin. currency. Yeah, yeah, but they don't have they don't have any chunk of Netflix. They don't have mm-hmm. any chunk of Hulu. They don't have any chunk of Amazon. Right. 
So for them, they need something that's going to carry them over into the next generation of TV because without that, they're, they're, they probably may just drown. So our figures might not be exact, but last I checked, I believe, and I might be off by a billion dollars, and I apologize. That's <laughs> by, a lot of money. By a billion or so. People have been buried for less. The, the the bid that Disney was providing as far as Fox and as far as getting Fox Studios and all their properties, et cetera, was about $59 million. I could be off. And Comcast has thrown a $64 billion, 65 give or take, billion-dollar bid yeah. in, in response. And they're expecting—I don't know if this is—I guess they're playing the long game. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's a dead— if there's a deadline, a dead date as far as when this property needs, when these pro- these properties need to be sold, I haven't heard. Or if they're of really any. playing a long game. Yeah, I I think it's a long game. I think what they're doing is they're definitely doing a bidding war where. Yeah. For again, for Comcast, it's all about money. They don't care. They yeah. want to acquire that. They want to acquire Fox. They want to acquire it because it's rights for them. Right. They don't really care about the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. For Disney and Marvel, it seems like oh, they have the 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 rest of everyone else. They have Fantastic right. Four and X Men. They're able to kind of have a bigger backyard to play in. But Comcast doesn't really care about that. Comcast right. is a professional company. They're in it for the money. They need that money to stay relevant. <laughs> Re- relevant they, yeah. they, they need it and that's the thing disney doesn't need fox studios by any means for them it would just be it would be it would be a pickup it'd be a nice pickup but for yeah. comcast you're a professional it's, company you walk in through the doors of comcast they give you a nice bottle of water oh sit it, down would you like a, a new york times to flip through it we'll, while you wait we'll get for back a, to you in half an hour please right. just just enjoy it's a beautiful lobby yeah though. but that's what it, that's what it is at least from what i've um heard mm-hmm. from mainly stocks about them trying to just to get it because previously it was only Disney. Disney was the main the sole runner. In this, yeah. Right? And that was it. It was a foregone conclusion. No one has $59 billion. <laughs> right. So, it's, it's weird that they're like, I see you're 54 yeah, million and raise you 64 billion. That should be enough. You know what? <laughs> here you go. It was, it was a ridiculous <laughs> a lot, a, amount of money. And they, they, you figured you wouldn't get, someone coming and, and, and challenging that and of course Comcast and I, I'm not sure if it's expected for Disney now to counter that or try to top that their bid. I've heard rumors that the eventual way of this is they're expected to hash this out as far as you have a number of properties. So of course you have Hulu, you have yeah. all the X-Men, you have all the Fox Studios properties and a bunch of other things. Everything that Fox owns basically pretty much is on the table here and instead of Disney paying for everything and getting everything, they I think they're expecting some type of, of deal to be worked out where Comcast, what they really want is the Hulu stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. of course, what Disney wants, they want uh, they want the X-Men, they want the movie they properties. Want, they, yeah, they want the studios. So the feeling is that they are going to come to some type of agreement down the road where they're able to split that this stuff in half, where they're able to kind of break this apart and auction off each piece bit by bit. And obviously the big winner here, who's the big winner? Fox. Fox is just sitting in their in, in their tower, and I imagine just the 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 proxy of Fox is is uh, is Gregory House from House. Yeah, he's just up there. He embodies all of Fox, and he's just watching from his tower, his ivy tower, his ivory tower, just taking him pain medication, just watching this all play out under him. I mean, it, now that we have Comcast in it, I yeah. th- honestly think the best thing to do would be for Comcast to buy it. And to buy it all lock, stock, and barrel, mm-hmm. and then go ahead and after they own the rights for Fox Studios, Work sell Fox Studios to Disney because 
why not? Di- again, yeah. I don't think Disney is Disney doesn't need Hulu because Disney is already oh, starting their, their own. Streaming, right. Exactly. They're so why their own streaming service? So why would they would buy Hulu and then what? Just get rid of it? Disband it. it right? Exactly. Absorb There's, the content, I guess. Yeah. There's no reason unless Disney truly, truly wants to hold on to just to a chokehold. Yeah, yeah, a chokehold of Hulu. Hulu. And I can see them doing. They're a business too. They they're trying to launch a big streaming service in their their Disney streaming service. I can see them doing that. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. If it works again, where they're able to split these properties between Comcast and Disney. Yeah. There was, again, it seemed like they this was a foregone conclusion. They had already announced somewhat that the X-Men Phoenix movie, Dark Phoenix or whatever the official title is called, was going to be the very last in that in the X-Men line of movies. Yeah. But now, I'm not sure where that leaves this universe if you continue making movies because this has not been sold off yet. I mean, to to be honest... I think within the next few years, we will see slow development right. because what the Sony deal took, what, a year, maybe a, a year and a half? It took a long time to play out. It yeah. was not very satisfying at the end because like, oh, God, finish already. Yeah, you know? th- that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that um, this will probably go a, a year, two years, probably even more. But I, I definitely think that either someone is going to buy it lock, stock and barrel and then piecemeal it mm-hmm. or... Someone's gonna buy it lock, stock, and barrel, and just watch it burn. Because if if Disney buys it, Disney has no reason to sell anything to anyone because they don't they don't need the money. They they're able to throw money away. They could literally burn a mansion of money and walk away and make double that. That's right. That's and right. and it's it's insane to me that one someone is stepping up to Disney with such a large like counter offer but i think it's also a really smart idea to go in guns a blazing well, with, all with with all you got very tactical as far as business yeah it's you wonder you know i this really puts a wrinkle in this and kind of prolongs disney getting the x-men back which is either a good thing or a bad thing you know obviously you don't want a monopoly you want a creative landscape where i think competition breeds creativity exactly so the long i don't know we'll we'll continue to follow the story speaking of stories that we've been following for a little bit that have kind of played out very slowly and therefore there hasn't been a lot of new news and there's essentially this is the first bit of optimism i felt towards this is watchmen on hbo how much do you know about this it's coming i imagine probably next next fall next uh next season i, I know that hbo because they're a subsidiary of yes. warner brothers that they had talked about playing out a watchman series mm-hmm. um i did not know if it was just a retelling i did not know what it was going to be like but as it was it was essentially hbo is doing watchman it's gonna probably be like a short series like a maxi series mm-hmm. and that's all i got what you got right. for me because well, now now i need to know now there is some new there's been a new development where the director of this damon lindenhoff and i apologize <laughs> if i'm butchering that although i believe that the blame on the blame on the one glass of wine he has uh he's released uh, a little while ago uh maybe it's not to the day but you know we don't Record on it, uh, the the show and then release it the next day. This isn't live. Look, so time works on a spectrum. Time is weemy wimey, man. Right. He released a big letter to the, to people who were a little maybe little concerned as far as were what, they all 
from one specific elderly man. That's right. With a very it's long like, beard. And it would have been very appropriate. Long fingernails. Writing on a typewriter, very very similar to like something you would expect to come out of the Watchmen from the 80s. Right. Just Rorschach just, just writing just on clacking a, away. Clacking away. Uh, he wrote a big letter assuring fans like, listen, hey, y- y- there have been a lot of reports, a lot of stories out there that we are going to take Watchmen and adapt it, which is a horrible idea. No one can do that. No one should do that. I hope no one's done it. And then he goes through a computer. Oh, Scott uh, Snyder. No. Why do you have to ruin everything? Scott Snyder's been doing this on his own <laughs> Zach by Snyder, himself. Zach, yeah, he's he's just so he someone's done it and it was a bad idea. Although that was a it was an okay movie. It was a, he, it, was it was very faithful. It but, was a three hour shot for shot essential yes, remake of it, which, which is, is good or bad. You can't go right because either you're too faithful. Yeah. Or which you're is not, or you just no, people think you're not faithful enough. That's right. I mean, I honestly like. It's a long movie. There's a lot to it. I honestly don't have the intention span to to do it. I have it on Blu-ray, so we're gonna watch it. Oh right my now god! Do you have the director's cut, which is like seven hours? I, do. I actually I got more oh enjoyment my. out of the director's cut because there is a uh, a a stop is a motion comic. Yeah, yeah. Extra where they include the entire Watchmen comic, but it's instead of like just standard static shots they yeah. move the, the characters move a little bit there's a little bit of animation i thought that was fascinating i actually enjoyed that more than having <laughs> i actually enjoyed having that more than the movie but that's, oh, that's that, just me that movie was just too much hollywood for me but i digress so damon lindenoff and i'm not sure if you're able to kind of pull up his uh, his wikipedia right now to kind of give people some background while i go through this he is trying to set people... Oh, do you have your gum on the screen of your phone here? What is... Sorry. <laughs> just, you Sorry. are just... You live a different life, Sean. Sorry. Brian. I was going to put it behind my ear, and then I'm like, well, what oh, if I have to adjust my glasses? Sean Sandsugar, you learn more life t- life hacks right now. What to do with your gum when you're not using it. <laughs> he... At this point, he is trying to... Trying to do some damage control. You know, he wants this to be a success, and he doesn't want the negative... A, a negative perception of this series before it even launches to get out there. He assures people that... The Watchmen obviously is is a very, uh, very much a a very sacred piece of comic history. History, and he's like, listen, we are not planning on adapting this. What we're doing, we're honoring it. We're treating it. He he compared it to the Bible. We're going to consider the Alan Moore Watchmen twelve issue series from the eighties as the Old Testament, and just because you're writing a New Testament does not mean that the Old Testament didn't happen. So they're approaching this. That occurred in the 80s. This one's going to occur in modern, present day. That one dealt with Russia and Gorbachev, and this one's going to deal with modern day and Trump. And the idea that there have been kind of this alternate history where there have been crusaders and mass crime fighters this whole period, and maybe even getting into the events. So you obviously have you, you have your Minutemen, you have your Watchmen, and it's going to be interesting to see sort of how history has has changed in the last 30 years or so leading up to the events of this story. So this takes place in that same continuity, which I think is really the way to go with a series like this. Obviously, I think there's nothing more boring than doing another origin story. I think yeah. the idea that you're set... you're do- I- we're, we're so far removed from origin stories, right. unless it's a brand new character. And even then, yeah. you don't... Origin is, I think we're really past it. If, Solo, if Solo's taught us anything, if young Indiana Jones has taught us anything, if you're said, if you're choosing to, if the Star Wars prequels have taught us anything, if you're choosing to tell a story, 
before the events of the more of the more popular story, you should have started there to begin with. Yeah. You know, you've already, you, you can only go backwards. If, if this was a more interesting story in the prequel, you would have started there to begin with. <laughs> exactly. So you can exactly. Only, so the idea, and again, this is something that a lot of these series are having, movie series in, in particular, are having success with, with Star Wars, continuing the same continuity, but observing the time that has passed. So yeah. instead of doing a full reboot, you know, this is 30 years later. And... You could still do is you can have your cake and eat it too. Thirty years have passed. There's been this is a very lived-in universe, and you don't have to set aflame everything that it, that came before. But you can still. It's thirty years have passed. You can do your own thing. I mean, the only question that's is, the way to go. That's what people want, I think. Well, I I'm I'm curious as to which ending are they going to follow? That's are they right. going to follow the script that Alan Moore wrote? Or are they going to follow what Zach DC Snyder's. is doing now? Mm, okay, okay. Well, well, I mean. So with Zack Snyder, yeah, just, get it, we'll get into the DC thing. That's okay. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that if that's where you're going. Go with. So what? Explain what you mean. What you mean when you say what the, what DC has done? Okay, so Alan Moore, his ending was giant, weird alien creature, right? Prosthetics. Oh yeah, the, it was the best CGI man. The best. Uh, terrible prosthetics makeup guys in the business, all on an so, island, build a giant alien. <laughs> no, I don't see a problem there. <laughs> and Zack Snyder, what he did is that it was essentially. A plan. It was mm. a plan that made more sense, that cinematically made much more sense for these characters. Right. Where you're like, oh, because it. it Zach, now you're referring to Jack, Zack Snyder's movie. Yes, yes. Where essentially, not to spoil it, but who cares? What, <laughs> who cares? But what uh, Mr. Oz did yeah. is Dr. Oz. Is Dr. Oz? Let's just, let's just call him Ozzy. In addition to trying to sell you supplements. He's a PhD. <laughs> he also has a PhD. The villain, he. In the Zack Snyder film, he it makes a lot more sense. He essentially frames Mr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan. Is it Dr. Manhattan? Dr. Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, he, as he uses his blue energy, and there's like a big explosion that goes off yeah. in, in, in the middle of New York City, and it's like his blue explosion. So it's blamed, they blame him, and everything sort of, that actually follows as far as every, all the rising tensions throughout the story. The, yeah, and then the, it makes perfect sense. He, he's blamed for bringing the world together. There's this big explosion. He's this unknown entity. People kind of rally against him, and he's forced to disappear. Exactly. Dr. Manhattan and explains, listen, this actually has done more good bringing the world together. I have no place in this world. And actually, that makes a lot more sense yeah, it's you know, granted we have a, we have the the gift of of perspective now that that exactly. actually makes more sense. But, but in exactly, the 80s, you know, that was the best ending that Alan that Alan Moore could could <laughs> it still worked. It, worked. <laughs> it, it, it did a thing. Um, yeah, big, so yeah, big so, alien thing. So then there was that one, and then DC with Doomsday Clock right. has essentially written it that it's the exact aftermath. What like a like maybe ten years. Right. After the original, after the the original Watchmen series, where everyone has turned against Ozymandias, not in the sense that he's framed anyone, but that people found out. Well, Rorschach had his his little journal, his notebook, his journal delivered yeah. to to the uh, to the news outlet. Yeah, and they, which reveals everything that happened. I think it's very easy the second you go up to that little alien thing. Like this isn't a real alien. Yeah, yeah. This is paper mache. <laughs> exactly. So everyone blames them. They're like, how dare you trick yeah. us? So that's... And he disappears and people... Exactly. So all the work that initially came out of, of the events following Watchmen are undone as soon as people 
as soon as people discover that this is all a ruse and they kind of continue down a dark path and Dr. Oz goes into hiding. Yeah. And you want, so I assume it's probably going to follow that track. Yeah. Something similar to that track. Anyways. I mean, to me, it, it makes most sense to follow 30 years down the road yeah. where Dr. Manhattan is he, he's a weird being that only people like they make mention of mm-hmm. there's photos but no one's ever like like it's like a, a war memorial it's like right. remember world war ii where everyone kind of gets on that day gets together everyone has a holiday i think that's i think that's the best course of action to be like 30 years later like i think that would be the good first episode 30 years today dr manhattan eviscerated right and i think that would be interesting to go back and to visit an elderly Ozymandias mm-hmm. and to be like, hey. Yeah, they can go that direction too. I think that'd be good. So there's a lot of, you know, I think this is a much more interesting setting for this for this series. You're able to still do your own thing. You're observing a, a, a beloved comic, a linchpin of yeah. comic history. You're not redoing it. No one's asked you to do that. I think that's what people are afraid of initially with this. I mean, no one, no one asked them to do anything with it, but... Here they yeah. are, and someone decided to do it. And I mean, he wrote Nash Bridges. Okay, <laughs> all wrote, I know about Nash he Bridges wrote is episodes that of Nash Bridges. Stone Cold Steve Austin would show up. <laughs> I forget the name of his character. <laughs> it was hilarious. So, uh, the director of this future Watchmen series has done from 2000 2001. He wrote some uh, Nash Bridges episodes. Oh, so that's there Very you go, world. You're uh, welcome. And also, really quick, uh, there are two Joker movies. Did you know about this? No. Uh, Yes, we. I did. So he, of course, we've heard already that they're planning on doing a Joker, a Joker origin story starring Joaquin Phoenix. At this point, that is the rumor, at least. And they just. So what is a a great response to, to people who are a little worried? God, are you doing a Joker origin film? Is this there, a good idea? There, you know what? We're gonna do two. Uh, and Jer- and you know Jared Leto, you're feeling left out. Let's just make one for you, so neither movie matters, and just go with the best Joker, I guess, from there on out. It's bizarre. Nobody wants two Joker movies, not to mention that this would be a Joker movie starring Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix, and also there's the rumors still that they're going to do a, remember that rumor about Joker versus Harley Quinn? No, but why? There was a movie that they are rumored still to do a movie called Joker versus Harley Quinn, I guess that. That makes no sense. That stars those two, which that one makes more sense in the construct of this universe, but they're doing two, and that's that's a fascinating turn and great good for them uh and last thing before we we kind of change gears onto the comic side of things speaking of mr comics jeff johns has stepped down as his in from his role of dc entertainment president and it's going to be taking up taking up more of a creative role he is going to be doing more writing more screenplay writing he's going to be doing more writing with the green lantern core movie which apparently is still going to happen he is going to be focusing yeah why not more on that. He's starting his own production company, and I guess he's still going to be linked with DC characters. He's excited about the ability to, uh, the luxury of being able to use lesser known DT, DC characters Wait. in this production studio, this production company. And is that's it, Jeff it, Johnson. Is this, all, is this all live action? I believe so. Okay. So he is stepping down as, as the president of DC Entertainment at this point, and Jim Lee is going to be expanding his role. And that's going to include chief creative officer. So Jeff Johns, I still hope he is going to be writing comics. I mean, I honestly think this is the smartest thing DC has done because yeah. there's they're lagging in films. 
if you're lagging in an area that you want to be big in, mm-hmm. you go ahead, you take some actual talent. We've said it a thousand times before. Jeff John is probably one of the most creative, capable, capable and yeah. creative writers yeah. they have. I mean, you're not having Snyder do it. You're not having King do it. And those are mm-hmm. your two biggest heavy hitters right meow. So who else do you have that's always produced quality work? Yeah. And you, you're giving him the rights to do it. And I hope that he's able to have the freedom to kind of just play around in this sandbox. Yeah. So as I mentioned, under this new deal, he is going to be writing Green Lantern Corps. He went ahead and he was the executive producer on Aquaman, and he helped co-write that as well. And he also is executive producing the Wonder Woman uh, sequel, which comes out November 2019. Yeah, so I don't see his new company will be named <clears throat> Mad Ghost Productions. Mad Ghost? Mad Ghost Productions. And I'm interested to see what that means, uh, if he's actually going to be producing movies within that, that production company, yeah. that... DC, Warner Brothers, that they are then going to distribute. So it's a very interesting turn. I would say a long time coming. Jeff Johns has long felt like a lame duck over at DC as far as these their, their extended universe. It didn't seem like he had really much of a role. Obviously, over at the MCU, you have Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, and he is very much a spokesperson. It really seems like he is very vital in that whole entire operation you assumed you have someone who's just as creative loves comics just as much understands storytelling and jeff johns that should be someone who could easily rival kevin feige kevin feige yeah and that never really came to pass i honestly think that you have someone whose biggest thing was green lantern right he he's been off that for a few years it's not as if they have him writing multiple books like snyder or yeah. tom or tom king so i don't see why not you still have him in your bullpen it's not as if he's, he's doing he's 17 crazy things he's still writing the doomsday clock book which is a book that comes out monthly and it's a 12 bi-monthly. month bi- bi-monthly bi-monthly it's now. taking forever it is taking forever out. but it's always it's good yeah it's always good it's always good you forget what happens in <laughs> you the do last sometimes. chapter every single time but he's doing quality work with that yeah no it's it's honestly he's great he's really one of the best i would say at this point if i'm power ranking my favorite comic book writers yeah even though he's taken a bit of a sabbatical jonathan hickman you know, looking back, he did really impressive work. Jonathan Hickman, John Jeff Johns, who is still doing impressive work, has really made a tremendous impact on comics as a whole. Just yeah. it can yeah. really write a great event book. Jonathan Hickman was able to do the same thing, and then you have uh, the people kind of in the in a, in a, in the tier that um, right below him. I still think that Scott Snyder is finding his his niche. He's a very good writer. He was known most. Um, most famously for writing the Batman book, a really well-selling Batman book for yeah. several years. But you and I were just reading a book that he just wrote in Justice League, the Justice League reboot that they just did for the summer. And he just wrote like a four-issue miniseries called No Justice, yeah. which was a bear to read. A lot. He's just, it, he it, writes way too much. I think he gets way too heady. He just did, he also did um, DC Metal, which yeah. initially was very fun, but it just gets well. So he it was, loves to write dialogue. It was DC Metal, and they had to write DC No Justice because yeah, follow up. Well, yeah, because he he actually wrote everything, and by the yeah. time he wrote Metal, he's like, oh, I guess we have to explain this gap of yeah. things that's going on and why these people are happening and what's right. going on in this world. Because I've literally written 
over everything. Yeah. I need to bring it back, scale it down a little bit. He's nuts. And he's a good writer, but I think he overdoes it a little bit. Metal was great. And he just goes, he's very similar to Grant Morrison, where his ideas are very high concept. Very big. And he is very not, big. He's not a an artist that is appreciated and is, I think will be appreciated more uh, down the road. Yeah. But in his own time, it's just, it's a lot to digest. He, he's all he, of his concepts and all of his big ideas. He's not your type of like Warren Ellis writer. Right. Where everything's pretty straightforward. Yeah. There's not a whole ton of like pre-plot there's not a whole ton of like here's like the big overarching story that you still don't know about he's scott snyder is very just like him and grant morrison they're like okay i've got this idea that takes place on a 13th level of consciousness but we're all only on nine so i gotta build everyone up to the 13th level it's tough Uh, grant morrison and him are, are brilliant a little bit of a shotgun as far as their approach where you feel because they try to cramp so much in and so much there's so much assumed knowledge going into their into their books so much so much especially for those two because yeah even grant morrison when he did batman r.i.p he was saying that he's like well each decade of batman was a year in his life like he literally folded all of batman continuity into one he's like guys this is this is it this is the story i'm telling you and Batman Zerna, yeah, and Batmite, and like all these other weird things going on it's all, all at once. It's it, all fair he, game. He did it. He he did it. He did multiversity. Yeah, multi. <sighs> you know, I've I've come to appreciate Grant Morrison more recently. Yeah, as I understand him now, and I appreciate sort of and and people have taken the good bits from Grant Morrison, following you know his 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 heyday in writing comics for DC and the big companies, and so I've I've grown to appreciate the things that. Grant Morrison has done to to revolutionize and the things that he's done for the comic book industry. And I think that's great. So I've, I I love Multiversity. I really liked Multiversity a lot. I didn't like Final Crisis, which he wrote. I thought Final Crisis, similar to what Scott Snyder does with his, with his, with his big event books, you feel like you miss an issue. Like, yeah. wait, I do, like, did I miss something here? Because it's just so, so over the top. It's and there's so, so much, jam-packed so many, that you feel I'm, like you miss something. Well, so like, I picked it up when I was a teen, like a, yeah. a middle teen and I missed so many things because yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I, I'm just, like, comics are cool. You just feel and like you miss an issue. Exactly. These, I think those two have the capacity to be, you know, one of the best, some of the best writers in comics, but they're just nuts right now. And, you know, we're going to get into Scott Snyder again, writing Justice League. Number one, if he's the best writer for this type of book, uh, he loves, he's really good at setting a premise, but his ideas just really go off the rails where I think he just, Jeff Johns has just has such, mastery of good storytelling clear very clear storytelling an appreciation for comics and dc and its history i think jeff johns is a total package i think scott snyder has the ability to do it one day but you you have all that going on and and then over but there's a clear reason for all of this you know everything that they set up in, in metal you're really getting a payoff with no justice there were really big ramifications of fall of metal they broke the source wall they yeah. cracked the source wall no justice dealt with what came through the source wall and now justice league is this brand it's dealing new, with this. is dealing with ne- yeah. that now and is they basically had to re kind of re um reimagine everything that the Justice League has to be in the modern era dealing with these new threats and what is justice and, yeah. and such. I, I, I think I think it's um he he's one of the best people to be able to do it mm-hmm. because he like as a writer 
it's best to have the same writer tell you the same story right. as opposed to being like, okay, guys, I blew up the source wall. Uh, now you're going to have... <laughs> Later! <laughs> now you're going to have the guy yeah. that did Spider-Man. And, Take you know, it from here, he, right. He, he, he's got he's it. He understands it. DC yeah. lore. He's looked at it once or twice. Like It's honestly one of those times where it was such a big thing. It was going on. I honestly think that it's best to have Scott Snyder continue that because the Lord knows that I've never heard of the, the, the source wall exploding. I've always heard right. that the source wall is the source wall. Like Marvel doesn't have anything close to our source wall. Right. But like, that's the one thing DC always had over Marvel. I feel they had a source wall. They had an end to that universe right. before they had to jump to another one. And it's been, they've done a nice job to this point. And again, there's a lot of comics I haven't read. So maybe they have given us a full uh, explanation as far as what the source wall is, everything behind it, no more mystery. But as far as I'm aware, they've kept a certain amount of mystery. They've kept that source wall still very special. You don't know what's behind it, why it's there. They've visited it several times, but like there's still a, a certain amount of uh, mystery and lore uh, to the source wall. And so that's what they're getting to, into right now as far as like what lives behind it, why it's there. Was there a universe that preceded this one? What gifts the Source Wall has? I always thought the Source Wall, I feel like that DC Marvel crossover event in the in the 90s dealt with the Source Wall on the other side of the Source Wall. I'm not sure if this is still in continuity. Is the I Marvel don't think universe. so. So is I that, don't know if that's still the whoa, case. Whoa, is that was that the amalgamation? I believe the, so, yeah. Oh, wow. On the other side oh. of the Source Wall was was Marvel and that's what that was kind of the uh, the start of that big crossover event they did in, in the 90s. And and that's what I believe. That on the other side of the source wall was the Marvel Universe. And I thought that was sort of accepted, but maybe not. I think they're kind of throwing that out. So this book kind of picks up on the events of No Justice. And in No Justice, they're, they're kind of, they dealt with these celestial type beings that were living on the source wall. And they're, they're, they, they got rocked and they got, they woke up. And now they, they're big and all they, they've been sleeping for a long time and they planted some seeds. Um, yeah, the, the, like there's seeds on different entropy, planets. And <sighs> sorrow. It's just, there's a lot of themes Scott Snyder kind of plays with where one thing is really symbolic of another thing. It's, it's not very, this is what we were talking about. Not very straightforward storytelling. So yeah. these big celestial things, which are called, I believe, the new titans or the new gods or something to that effect, they're celestials. Celestials from the Marvel universe. If you're familiar, if you're at all familiar with Marvel, that's what these things are. And we'll get to Marvel in a second. In that, it's interesting parallel thinking here because that's basically what they're dealing with on their side. So they thwarted those big Omega Titan things. The Somehow, like it doesn't, like they fed one. Like a weird sort of seed, and yeah. he ate that, and the other ones ate he him. Ate the other one, yeah. And they it, just ate each other, and that's how they kind of got. And out I'm of that like, spat. you know what? I again, this is one of those times where I feel like I fully didn't understand the concept, yeah. but the end result is still the same. They got out, and of I'm like, do one. it, done, yeah, sure, done. So that was you know, Brainiac was part of that story. So now you have in the aftermath of that, you have Justice League, and they've rebooted it, and. This is a brand, you know, they have been very careful not to keep on rebooting their books over at Justice League. So the fact that they chose that this, that this is the right time to do it leads one to believe that this is really a, a new start for the Justice League. And I think they're really Again? excited. Well, Again? It's been a while. Uh, they, they have uh, Scott Snyder, who's been really successful. One of their golden, their golden, uh, their golden, golden gooses. Cows, golden gooses. Um, he is writing this book, which is, I think, a big get for them because he was so successful on Batman. 
And uh, right from the start, you know, you have Superman, the trunks, the trunks, the red trunks are back and they're sticking yeah. around. Okay, so that first happened with Bendis. I, I believe it first happened with Bendis becoming right, the writer. writer. On, on and Superman. it was interesting because I kept asking people online, I'm like, hey guys, I missed something. When did these come back? Are these right. just for Bendis? Is this just something he's like, I like the classic look. I really want to do that because DC doesn't do that. They just don't let you have free reign right. specifically over one character. Because even in when the New 52 started, when Swamp Thing was going on and Snyder was writing Swamp Thing at the time, Superman had the New 52 look. So it, it's not as if something just just happened like one day they're like yeah bendis you can just put trunks i don't care put trunks on them it's fine because even jim lee was saying about the covers to 100 1000 that the trunks aren't going to stay he just liked the way it looked so this right. was a very confusing time i'm assuming that they're staying i don't know you don't know oh we'll, god we'll, we'll see again this is a do- you know for people comics everyone for <laughs> for for this version of superman this is not new 50 not, not to be confused new 52 superman who they introduced in like 2012 he died. He's dead. He's, He's dead. Z. This Superman who's running around in these trunks was brought back from the past. Like he was in a Brainiac suspended animation thing or something. He came back from the past or something. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't know. Oh, you shaking your head like I was wrong. No, I'm just like, I'm just, my head hurts. I don't know. I don't he, know anymore. And in fact, in the past, he is old classic Superman from a, from a forgotten continuity. And so he is classic Superman as, as you remember. So yeah. the fact that he would put the trunks back on makes sense it, it it's an interesting take because he's the only one yeah out of everybody in this new universe everyone that's there and everyone who's fighting even in the justice league mm. no one looks the way they used to accept hal jordan right. he's kind he's pretty much the only one who's kept the same sort of suit aquaman he has a he has the beard and the the fish costume yeah. But everyone else has kind of changed, except Superman. He's keeping that that very classic style. What do you think about what the way that they define the the Hall of Justice? I didn't even know they were back in the Hall of Justice, as far as kind of what it embodies. I think it's smart because what it does is it takes the idea of the Justice League and it's it's bringing it back into the fold because for a while they didn't talk about it. For a while they never met at the Justice League. It was League. too carny. It was too cartoony. Exactly. So. I think it's interesting that that now takes center stage. It now takes, mm-hmm. it's now a piece of this story. It's not just, it's not a set piece. It's not the curtains. It's, it's where the story takes right. place. It's, they weren't, afra- they're not, they're no longer afraid of it. Just like accepting like, oh, this was just something they did stupid in the comic and the, uh, the cartoons in the fifties and sixties where we're above this right now. But yeah, they're in the hall of justice with the, uh, with the reflective pool, the way you're picturing it right now, it's back. And they explain that, it's not made out of Marvel. It's made out of some crazy uh, type of, of material that is it absorbs sunlight and it's harder than than rock. It Scott Snyder loves to to write prose and we get a lot of that. But again, it kind of saying that the oh there are more mysteries in the Hall of Justice than that beyond the surface. So that's at least cool. I, I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. And you, you know, you start this book and they're they're fighting these. Uh, these Neanderthal type of um, creatures that have been sleeper agents essentially yeah. all over the globe. Yeah. And it's revealed that Vandal Savage, Savage is starting this. And it's an interesting story because there is this this big beam of energy and they don't know if it's good energy or bad energy, if it's going to evolve the planet, if it's going to destroy the planet. 
But Vandal Savage, who has been around, he's an immortal being who has been around since the beginning of time, is afraid of this thing. Yeah. And is aware of this and is like the only person who foresaw this. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to... I got, I got a little lost here. By, by help of the moon is trying to move the earth out of the way. Yeah. So it doesn't get hit. It, which is, you know, he's it, trying to take over the earth and be allowed to move the earth out of the way because he is afraid of what? It's very specific, off. exactly. And it's it's a very specific thing that he's trying to do. It's also one of those times where Scott Snyder is also reaching way back. Right. He's, he's pulling out Vandal Savage. He's pulling out these weird sort of cavemen who have come up every now and oh, then. Oh, this is when, the first time that I've seen these cavemen. Yeah, every now and then when someone wants to write something a little weird or yeah. they need something that isn't your normal kind of like henchmen, henchy things. So they're there. It, again, it's, it's a very Morrison thing to do. I really like what they did with Martian Manhunter in this. Obviously, he is kind of your de facto main character in this, where he is kind of your narrator who is seeing this this beam of energy shooting from across the the cosmos coming towards Earth and is seeing it and is having flashbacks of his world right. on Mars being the last survivor of Mars. Going did they explain the how he came back? I oh, he was dead for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, but didn't he die in Forever Evil? Yeah, but did, did they explain how uh, like how he came back? Is my question because I just, I just accept it. I'm just like yeah, he's yeah, there. That's comic. Yeah. I think he was just taking a long nap. <laughs> but he was sort of the linchpin of he. I like how much of a fixture he is in the Justice League. He yeah. is the the one that is instead of having these little telecom earpieces that are that's shared among. He's the one linking everyone he's together the one mentally, who's allowing them all to talk to each other. And he also, I like one of the things that he does. To, it's a it's really an interesting take because they're again afraid to sort of embrace it completely. He creates this um, astro astral projection projection boardroom table in yeah. his mind, and he's able to link everyone. So they picture themselves at this board room table and they're yeah. having a discussion and he's doing this and they're able to it's really neat it's a it's a different certainly something i haven't seen before it's a it, it's a good way to bring back the justice league round table yeah. without having them be at a yeah, table without having everyone actually be in the same presence at the same right. exact time yeah it's cool i think it's a really excellent use of martian manhunter because there's all he's always been problematic because he's as powerful as, as superman, superman but has a very different power set of Superman. Exactly. So this, this allows him to be powerful, more powerful than Superman, but in a very different, more important way almost. I mean, to me, he's the most powerful one because not yeah. only can he clone himself to, he well, not clone himself, but he can change, he can shapeshift. Yeah. So he can kind of be anyone. And he's also the most powerful being, yeah. like strength-wise, and he's tele- he has talent. Telepathy. Uh, yeah. Telepathy. So I honestly think it's it's the best use of your strongest character. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then Lex Luthor's in a, in this, and he is kind of his shades of gray character, and he captures Vandal Savage, and he uh, brings in his his uh, his pals. His Legion his of Doom. Legion of Doom is back, and they overtake Vandal Savage's stronghold, which actually looks a lot like I don't. Know, I'm not sure if this the cartoon, the, the, car- cartoon the Super Friends cartoon Legion of Doom. Doom. Legion yeah. of Doom, right? Yeah. And so he's now there with the Joker and Sinestro, who apparently is a bad guy again, really a bad guy this time. He's been used in the past as sort of a shades of gray character but now he's officially pretty bad i guess and i guess lex Luthor is full bad again for a while he's sure was, i mean he's an interesting character yeah. the joker is in this and joker, joker's just back they're keeping him special for a while they're done keeping the joker special <laughs> especially when they reveal that there are three jokers which yeah. they haven't 
really given a payoff well, for. Well, that's also that's also Jeff Johns's next thing. I've heard that. Is that I've like that. he's going to take over the three Joker storyline? Right. So we'll see if this there's a payoff. But Joker is really being thrown around willy nilly these days. So they're all discussing. You know, is this this beam of energy coming from the the source wall? Is this going to destroy Earth or allow it to evolve? Oh, oh, before you go on, tell me what it is. Mm. What what did you think it was? God, I don't know. All right, so I'm re- I'm I'm catching up. I'm reading this book as Sean Brennan arrives. And he's watching me read in real time. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really disappointing. But I, I, my expectations are, are really way too high here. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe this is, God, uh, who is dead? And did, did you think it was Doomsday? Hmm. I didn't really. I didn't. You know, Dark Side. I didn't. Anyone? No, I didn't know. I thought maybe it was a brand new character. I was hoping. I, I'll tell you who I. I was hoping it wouldn't be. I was hoping it wouldn't be Dark Side. I was hoping it wouldn't be the Anti Monitor. I, I was hoping it wouldn't be one of those 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 characters they just continue to recycle and go back to anytime they need a big event book. I don't know. I really didn't have. I was expe- I was hoping to be surprised. That's all I was I was I was hoping for. And the end of this book uh, <laughs> leaves on a cliffhanger. The beam hits the Earth, and. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's that's the cliffhanger. That's your cliffhanger. That's your. I guess I'm gonna. Re, I have to look. Do you know when the second one, the second book comes out? No clue. No. So maybe uh, in a couple of weeks they're on like a every two week type of schedule in comics now. God forbid. You know. I don't. I guess apparently the once a month type of book just didn't work anymore. I guess we don't have. We. I'm sure we don't have long to wait. Wait on what happens in issue number two. But I'm drawn in. It was well written. Uh, the characters were all really well defined. Only tell a lot of them were used. Uh, it's a intriguing interesting mysterious ultimately will let me down type of storyline <laughs> again I, I think that scott snyder are you excellent. pre-planning yourself oh, to be I, let i'm down? always disappointed uh, scott snyder i think is excellent at setting up premises and they all sort of get too heady and there's just too much just it gets too high concept as far as wrapping up these whatever series that he because he sets the bar so high in order to wrap up something that high you really have to um kind of forego a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of belief as far as the way that they can wrap it up so you really have to it's tough it's tough so we'll see how um so i liked it generally and the other (laughs) book that actually again i thought this would be this would be appropriate because it's the summer both the dc marvel are kind of going in different directions but they are kind of overlapping with avengers they're trying to now relaunch the avengers book with issue number one and this book is also written by someone who i hold in as high regard as scott snyder and i feel like i've crapped on scott snyder a lot this episode uh <laughs> no, no, no no i don't think i like enough. him a lot but I, he's got his flaws jason aaron what is a is a writer who i've loved for years he's written the thor book and he's been on the thor book for about four years and yeah i would say right now thor is probably consistently the book that i have been reading the entire time it's been great the, it's been everything great the about it has been tops so he he uh, and I think that's a reason, a good reason to may, sometimes restart the numbering on a book is when you get a really change of pace writer. Yeah. And in this case, it's it's Jason Jason Aaron's who is fantastic. I think he's one of the best writers right now in comics. My right off the bat, my issue with this is is the art. It is the art isn't very, that good. It's not very good. The characters are really out of proportion. It's the uh the, the the art for it by comparison for 
the Justice League book was really, really fresh, really good. Uh, not at all distracting. I couldn't even tell you who wrote it, who drew the, who did the art, which leads me to believe that it was great art. The art, the best art is that you cannot is the type you you don't notice for the most part. Exactly. This is it's all a proportion and and right from the right off the bat, you know, they're going into the storyline that they've been loosely pushing along this Avengers one billion storyline where it's the Avengers on on the planet a billion years ago, uh, before the dawn of man, and it's it's old Black Panther who is like a, a deep descendant of the Black Panther character. It, it's such a weird thing that there's even like a Hulk. There's a Hulk back then. Which doesn't is, make any sense. Who is like a star fire Like character. a weird celestial yeah, or that's something. Right. He's star a star brand, right? Star brand, star brand. Yeah. So he is like a, uh, a present day um, old, uh, what are they called? Uh, Cro-Magnum. Oh yeah, man of the of the time, caveman, caveman. He's a caveman. Caveman. He's a caveman. He's a who po- got, he's a huge caveman who came across the star brand entity, and yeah, now it, he he looks at the Hulk, but really he's just a pre-evolved. It, it, it makes caveman. no sense how that works with him. Maybe that's not even him. Maybe he's not even supposed to I don't be. Think that's supposed to really be Hulk. She Hulk, but whatever. He resembles the Hulk. Yeah, and of course you have Odin, who looks like a young Thor. You have, um, you have the. Um, What's the name of the not Hellblazer? What's this? What's the 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 name of the character? Help me out here. What's the name of that character? Hellblazer, right? Is it no, Hellblazer? That's Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. I always want to call him Hellblazer. 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 Uh, Ghost Rider who rides around on a mastodon or something, and basically just the older counterparts of the Avengers as we know them now for the most part. A lot of them, and juxtaposed with the modern Avengers, where I guess the storyline is going to connect, and. Now with so they're trying to do two things at once. They're trying to establish that all this stuff happened a billion years ago and how it's going to relate back to present day. But at the same time, they're tr- they're really trying to establish the three main core members of the the Avengers, being Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. And they do so in a very I don't know clunky way. Like, listen, the rest of these guys are just cannon fodder. We're the ones who really matter. As long as it's us. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? They're clinking glasses in the beginning here, saying, you know, everyone's back to normal. They're they're talking over over some some refreshments, saying, listen, we've all had a rough year. Uh, I, Thor, for instance. Lost my arm? Lost my arm. Lost Mjolnir. I got a gold arm now. Got a gold Mjolnir. That's still not really explained to not me. I'm not sure how that happened. Mm. Exactly. I, I, I'm a little behind me. It'll probably get... It pro- no, because even at the end of... Oh, okay. of, don't, of, don't spoil it for me. No, it just doesn't explain the the golden arm. You had Tony Stark, who after the events of Civil War II was in a coma, or after getting some sort of weird coma thing, where he's bald by Captain Captain Marvel at the end of that. Uh, don't go back and read Civil War II. Don't, don't not, do it. It is not don't worth the time. But that book did actually set up Hydra Cap, and that set up Secret Empire. And Cap, of course, is explaining, "Yeah, man, right, Hydra." That was a weird year. Uh, I don't even know who I am. Am I a remnant, a dream remnant of Captain America? Am I even real? Is the is is Hydra Captain America still out there? I think he is. It's been a weird year. So they're all kind of reflecting over the weird direction co- Marvel Comics has gone. And like, you know what? We need to do this the right way. We are the Avengers. We're the ones who, who, who started this thing. Although that, not really, because Captain America no, was not. Captain America, it was actually Wasp. It was actually Wasp. And Captain America was brought in like, 
a few issues later, but not one of the original founding members. No, no, not at all. They're basically rewriting history and doing a little revisionist history at this point. And they, uh, there's a weird uh, panel where Tony Stark oh, just uh, clicked out of the thing. He gets like a, a text message. And, but he goes like wild. It's re- really weird art in here. You can't tell if he's reacting to something or if he is just shitting his pants. <laughs> it's really weird. And so, the, again, the artwork, I really hope that they maybe change the direction of the of this of this art, um, of this art direction here on, on this series. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's definitely... It's not great. It's for, more stylized. For like their top book that they're trying to get across with the top writer... With the top, with the with the best characters, they need to maybe find someone else to draw this book personally. So you, you also have oh Doctor Strange and Black Panther. They're doing stuff. I mean, they're they're teaming up, doing some stuff, and they're in the middle of the of the Earth, and there's some holes down there, kind of gross. Uh, you have <laughs> kind of gross. Hell, what's his name in the Hellblazer? You have. Uh, I always want to call Ghost him Hell- Rider. Ghost Rider. I always what? want to call him Hellblazer. He do, looks like a Hellblazer. Do you have you even read Hellblazer the comic? Uh, which one's the pin face with, with all Hellraiser? Hellraiser. Uh, you know what? You gotta. I, I'm you gotta. We need to draw a chart for you. I, don't, I have a hard time with names. Death. Uh, Death clock. Death. Uh, Daredevil. Deadpool. I forget. I, I'm hopeless. <laughs> so even though they're nothing alike, most of them, half of them are most are nothing alike. Some of them are. She Hulk is just trying to stay, keep things to herself, just trying to go for a nice jog. I think I wish people would just leave me alone when I'm out for a jog. Yeah. It looks like I want to be bothered, but I do not want to be bothered. No. Yeah. And she's, you know, doing her thing. And then Captain Marvel's also doing her thing. So in this, of course, you have the Celestials who are making their big return after some time, I suppose. And very similar to the DC universe. They're dealing with their own stolen version of the Celestials called the Omega Titans. Yeah. And the Celestials are showing up and the three core and only important Avengers decide, hey, we got to... They're, they joke like, oh, don't say it. Don't say the phrase. Don't ah! say it. We're above that now. And then, you know, Avengers assemble. And yeah. Eventually, they round up all the Avengers. The Celestials show up. And they say that classic phrase, Avengers assemble. And there's a there's a dead Celestial dropping to Earth. And they're wondering, what the hell? Why are they coming here? It's... And it sounds like more are coming. And they end up having to fight the Celestials all over the world. It, it, it's a very weird, because I read it and I'm just like, where do these Celestials fit in? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, I guess that's the whole point of the story. And then towards the end, I don't want to ruin it, but Loki comes back. I've already back. read, yeah, that's that the that's kind of issue two. They, there's yeah. a reveal with, yep. with Loki, which kind of ties back to him being the first avengers avengers number one villain but yeah that's what they're trying to it's a it's essentially like a retelling of the story with a few other characters taking place of a few other people i mean again i was kind of underwhelmed yeah because this to me made more less sense than what was going on in justice league crazy isn't it it was a whole lot yeah right it was a whole lot of things going on and i felt like i was behind yeah um it felt like i didn't read whatever yeah. was going on the last time these That's celestials right. were here or why they were banished or so on and so forth. It was the whole point of them trying to be like one, uh, like year zero essentially is what yeah. I'm going to call them the year zero Avengers and the current ones. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there might be a cool parallel going on and there might be a good payoff towards the end, but at the moment I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's so there. It's a long form storytelling, and Jason Aaron is a great 
writer. So I'm going to give him a chance, obviously. Yeah, um, I have faith in him. The, the issue ends, of course, with these these characters called the the final host who look like Celestials. Yeah. And I guess they are killing Celestials and Something they're on like Earth that. now. And uh, everyone just has constipated face <laughs> in this. It's bad artwork. It's really bad artwork. And I expect more. It's it's not the worst artwork. It's just the faces are kind of weird. Yeah, everyone's too bulky and it's just everyone's out of proportion. Just, they, just look at Captain America's face on the last page. Yeah. Ah, his <laughs> eyes are so wide, too. Yeah, let, just look at it. Like, there's no subtlety here. That's the that's the one problem when you have characters who don't wear masks. It's kind of hard to, mm. to always correctly emote emotion through a mask, but it's also kind of hard always to emote correct emotions without a mask too so it's so, a it's a thing um again it was an okay read for me it wasn't a top of the like boring. by pile wasn't a top of the by pile i i mean you could skip it yeah it's it's not a great it's not a great book um i'm i'm sticking with it issue two i thought picks up there's a twist at the end so and they're coming out they come out like every other week so i, I mean just i guess wait until the next one you're not if you get bored at all so yeah, uh, so I thought we would um, do you a service, uh, listener. You know, if, if you're looking as a, a, for a jump on point to get back into the comics, there are two brand new number ones, Avengers and Justice League, for you to take your pick on. They're launching into big events. And one thing we didn't talk about is that Justice League, you know, they're using the word crisis again. If you are they said at all familiar with with the, with the word crisis as it relates to DC. Scott Snyder likes to use the word crisis yeah. often. It's very, well, they're very careful with it. It's always intentional how they use it. The, the big books, of course, Crisis and Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis. This, this has been their moneymaker using the word crisis. They've been very, very <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't tried to trademark the word crisis. I think they probably have. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure if we went back and looked. <laughs> So there is a book that is coming. There have been solicitations come out, coming out, which, you know, this is how comic book stores decide what books they're going to order a few months in advance. There is a book called Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. That this is all sort of leading up to. And it's called Heroes in Crisis. So maybe, you know, that it might be a prelude to an actual, granted back a, a decade or more ago, there was an event written by, as we referenced, Grant Morrison called Final Crisis. Yeah. Uh, you know, there might, I, I think a, enough time has passed where they could do another crisis event. Plus, that's a guaranteed moneymaker. And enough time has passed where I think people are like, oh man, a crisis event, this matters. Well, I also so, heard, we'll I heard that this was going to be a very different sort of crisis event. Yeah. Where oh, we're talking about uh, Heroes in Crisis. Yes. Yeah. More personal. But I feel like this is the beginning of a crisis, a, a crisis storyline. You know, I. Uh, there's going to be another crisis uh, miniseries to follow. Heroes I hope that it's, I hope that it really just delves deep into the characters that they have. Cause it's what I heard. It was supposed to be like a mental hospital yeah. for heroes who can't just kind of keep it all in, which right. makes sense because you have these oh, characters. Yeah. Like I think if anybody, every flash has to go through some sort of mental breakdown every three days That's right. where like their world ends and they have to like run real fast and bring it back all around. They're like, I'm a God, That's right. but should I have that complex? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you think they put Robins on weekends? Oh, man, just, you know, you need some time to just refresh. <laughs> Every, everyone's dying everyone's all the time. Dying. You're probably going to die. You've yeah. Di- you've probably died a couple times. You've been, you've seen what's beyond this, this life. <laughs> you've been brought back, you've been Jason brought back. Todd, several times. Oh, Jason Todd just needs somewhere to just play, 
play uh, foosball on the weekends. Oh, he yes. needs to play some can jam on That's a right. sand beach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what he needs. So, so I feel like this is going to be very similar to Identity Crisis, that it's set up Infinite Crisis. Ooh. Where this is going to be a more personal crisis event. And the next one's going to be the big heavy. <laughs> I'm oh. like, now we're going to reset everything again. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be great. They're very, I, th- I think they're very conscious of how they use Crisis because they know they don't want to overuse it because they still want it to have uh, a lot of weight. So, yeah, comics is, uh, summers are always fun for comics. And yeah, sometimes. if you're a person who is looking to get into comics, I think this is a great time to start. Um, we, I think, unanimously agreed that the DC book, their number one was better team up book is a better book. Um, I think not that, to say that they won't go different directions. Yeah, I think from now I would keep it on the the sort of trade paperback level. Mm-hmm. Unless you really feel that you need this number one, yeah. I wouldn't buy it from Marvel. I um I would wait till the trade paperback so that way you get more bang for your buck. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like what's gonna happen. Yeah, you know it's not that much of a must read yet. No. Um, DC, I mean, it's. I think it's a really, really strong book. I think there was a lot of really good character work in this Justice League book. So I'm excited to see what comes. And also, what the hell is that beam of energy? That's the cliffhanger, man. Yeah, so we'll find out more. Uh, I've been Sean Dwyer at SeanDwyer.com is where you can find me on Twitter. At Sean Sands Sugar is where you can find Sean That's Brennan. right. And wherever you found us, on, tell one of your friends to find us here as well. Yeah, come, um, come back. Come back. Uh, we're all over the place. Just Google Super Friends Super Show. I'm sure you will find an avenue to us. If you are a subscriber on iTunes, leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. That always helps. And um, next week, we're going to have Ots and Ots issue number two after some adjusting editing. Uh, that will be up. And then we'll... That's the... Um, that's the, the, the That's chapter. the tipping point. That's, That's the tipping, the tipping point. point. We can't go back now. Penultimate edition leading up to the finale, which is issue number three. And then we're going to kind of uh, decide where, what direction we want to take Ots and Ots from there. If we're going to go backwards in time or, or forwards in time. Um, and, and that's uh, next next episode 168 of the Super Friends Super Show where we're going to be recapping the, the news that was for the week and talking about comics. It's going to be great. Can't beat it. No. Uh, Sean Brennan, is there anything, anything, any other things in life that maybe uh, that you're into right now? I think we didn't cover over the course of the show. Some berry picking. Berry picking. Yeah. Great did time. some berry picking. Is this berry picking season? It summertime? is berry picking season. I would think it would be too cold for berries. No. Saturday was the first day. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I uh, had my Father's Day um which was a better weekend than, this, than last weekend. I was I had a four day long stomach virus, so I feel there great you go. That there I you go. I'm not throwing up. That I am not nauseous. I went over to Toys R Us for the Ooh, last. Oh, how time. was that? Maybe the last time. What were the sales? I said my goodbyes. There are, as of this recording, I believe there are 11 more days left until the store officially closes down. They, Good. Of course, the people who have, who have not been who have who watched their, their their. What is it called? Their, their childhood. Their childhood. No, people <laughs> Just who, who watch their their uh, their their clothes washers. Uh, let's start that sense of brand. Sales. People who live under a rock. Oh, okay, there we go. More creative. I have to add all that. Uh, people who live under a rock. Uh, Toys R Us. They filed for bankruptcy, and this has been a very slow. They oh, it's been terrible. Initially, ever after filing bankruptcy, like the the percentage of of discount was like. 20%. Oh, Now yeah. they're up to 50%. Oh, oh, is that what they're up to now? Because yeah. I've seen other 50, stores. 50, 60, 70%. Yeah, I've seen some stores at 70. 70%, yeah. So they're winding down. There is like next to nothing Good. left. Good. Uh, I grabbed a, a number of toys for my son. They they were they had a full stock of Paw Patrol 
Ooh. I uh, grabbed a number of those for only 24 bucks. There you go. So pretty good. Oh, we have to decide when to give those to him if we're going to hold off until... You're halfway to Christmas. Don't do not do more work for yourself. He changes so much. Don't He's not do, gonna like Paw Patrol. Don't do work for yourself. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, there, not to say, you know, it's it's there's there's a certain joy in just saying, hey, son, here's a bunch of toys all at once. It's and just great. seeing his it's eyes great. light up. So we'll see, we'll see what decisions we'll, I may end up making, and I'll, I'll keep you up to date. Sean Brennan, any other uh, festivities, things, events you're attending? Naps, more naps. More naps. I love it. Yeah, so summer's a great time for naps. Oh, I'll nap outside now. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> That's the way to enjoy summer. All right. Well, for Sean Dwyer, Sean Brennan, we will see you next time on the Super Friends Super Show. And um, stay tuned for Ots and Knots, issue number two. Uh, again, we will always welcome your feedback and everything. Goodbye, everyone. That's been a show.